It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Today, I am going to answer your questions. Well, you'll ask your questions. I'll give you my answers. Some will match up, some won't, but that is how we get along. We are harmonious in that way. Am I right? Of course, I'm right. No doubt. Remember that when I answer the questions. Of course, I'm right. But uh, there's a lot going on this week. Another series, the Blue Jackets split in Chicago. They win the first game, high-scoring game, 6-5 to five on Thursday night. And then on Saturday night, it looks like they're going to be able to get the, the sweep of the series. And they give up a late goal. They go to overtime. And quickly into overtime, the Blackhawks take the game from the Blue Jackets. So overtime is going to be a subject here, I can tell you. And it's going to be a subject quickly. I'll tell you about that right after I tell you about Telhio Credit Union. You know, you know at Telhio Credit Union, They have been putting people over profit since 1934. That's a long, long time. That also means they know what they're doing. It's kind of in their DNA, if you know what I'm saying. So if you are thinking about your money and whether or not you have your money in the right place, if you're getting the biggest bang for your buck, let me put it that way, check out Telhio Credit Union. Go online, look at their website at telhio.org, surf around, uh, click on the different tabs, see what services they have, what they provide with those services that maybe you're not getting now. That's really what it's all about, right? So at the end of the day, the question for you is, do you stay at a normal bank or do you move to a credit union that will put you above everything else? Telhio Credit Union. Find them on the web at telhio.org. All right, I'm going to start this off with a couple of examples for you today. And uh, here's the first example. This is an example of somebody that puts together their question and sends it immediately following an overtime loss. And then after that, I will give you an example of somebody that takes a little bit of time and then sends their question. I'm not telling you that either one is right or wrong. I just want you to be able to differentiate between the two, between the two questions, okay? These are both audio questions. So it's not just the question itself. I want you to listen to the tone of voice and the way the question is asked. I think it's funny. I, I This first one, this guy doesn't think much is funny. I can tell you that. Cameron doesn't think much is funny. But when you look at it a couple of days later, there it'll bring, it should bring at least a smile to your face. Might even bring a smile to Cameron's face when he listens to himself right after the Saturday night loss. Here it is. Hey, Bob. Cameron Maynard in Belfry, Kentucky. Um, is there any team that's worse in overtime than the Blue Jackets? Like, this is honestly – like, we could not win an overtime game in our li- if our life depended on it, okay? Like, can we just decline overtime or something? If we're tied going into overtime at the end of regulation, can't we just decline overtime and just take the point? Like, honestly, I've never seen a team as bad in overtime as this one is. Also, what the heck's happened to Emil Bimstrom? Have they just essentially given up on him? Uh, be interesting to find out. Looking forward to answering my question, Bob. Thanks. All right, Cameron. I, I don't mean to laugh at you. I really don't. It's just funny. I know that feeling. I felt the same way when I was leaving the building 
on Saturday, the exact same way. You snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, right? Am I right? Of course I'm right. So I understand your frustration and just a great question. Is there any team worse than this team in overtime? Look, this team hasn't really been good in overtime since Artemi Panarin left. Let's be honest. Okay. Uh, they do have a game breaker now. Look, I understand Nick Felino coming out to take the face off the other night. Kind of. If somebody was supposed to take the face off and win it and then go off the ice. I normally that is Boone Jenner. I was a little bit surprised. It wasn't Boone Jenner, but Nick came out there. But if his job was to win the faceoff, he didn't do that job. And that's what created the problem. And then the pass that he made was just totally off the mark. And look, when you've got Patrick Kane and Alex to bring it on the ice at the same time, you better be about perfect. You better not let them be hanging around your blue line or get in your zone. Because what happens? Well, we saw what happened to bring it, knocking the puck out of midair and baseball batting it by Jonas Corposalo. So that's, uh, it's frustrating. And I, and I understand your frustration. I do. And, and it's been a long time. You know, there was a time, you remember this time, there was a time when the Blue Jackets were dominant in the overtime. Jones, Panarin, and whoever. Dubois most of the time, but whoever. It didn't matter. But those two guys, the way they were playing then, and having Panarin, it, it was different. Now, will Line A become that guy? Perhaps. He didn't get the opportunity on Saturday, but perhaps he could become that guy. Emil Bemstrom. I'm glad you asked me about him. I was just talking about him the other day. Um, they haven't given up on him, but the real question that I think you're asking is how's this guy ever get back into the lineup? And I have no idea. I, I can't see it at this point in time, him getting back in there. Now, now that's not to say that they won't do it tonight, Thursday, Saturday, you know, they could, they could do it anytime they wanted to, but who's going to come out. You're going to take a uh, Grigorenko out and put him in. You're going to take Eric Robinson out. Eric Robinson was, he was, uh, he was flying in those early games. He's cooled off a bit now, but are you willing to do that? Uh, would you put him in over Liam Foodie? Who's playing better? Kevin Stenland's already passed him on the depth chart. And the fact that Kevin plays center and now Koivu retired. So that, that works in Stenland's favor as well, but he is a better player at this moment, than Emil Bemstrom, a more consistent player. Am I right? Of course. So uh, how does Bemstrom get back in? I don't know. They haven't given up on him to answer the question that you asked, Cameron, but I, they'll, they'll find a way to get him back in somewhere. I think he needs to go to Cleveland. I think he needs to go and play in the American Hockey League, get some confidence. He had confidence in Europe. He came over here, wasn't uh, translating in the first couple of games. Let him go somewhere and have some success. Play him on a top line. Get him a lot of minutes. You know, I could make that argument argument about Foodie, too. Get him up there. Let him play. Get better. Get confident. Come back when you're feeling good about your game. Get a lot of minutes. A lot of minutes that do not exist here right now. And that's really the bottom line. These The minutes do not exist here. All right. So I told you uh, that I would have a direct um, comparison, compare and contrast in questions so that was cameron's and now let me bring up the next one which is completely different here bakes is up next hey bobby mack this is bakes and um man even though last night was a tough loss i'm beginning to come around um not come around but with the additions of line a and jack roslevic man i think the blue jackets have what it takes as is 
Um, Say Yarmo could go out, get an Ian Cole-type deal, and also um, Sam Gagne-type, you know, one for the defense, one for the offense, uh, but with a priority of a defensive Ian Cole-type deal. Um, I, I just think with a couple crafty veterans, the Blue Jackets are, could really be in a position to make a run. Uh as long as everyone stays healthy, as long as Jones and Wierenski, you know, find their form, um, I really think, you know, I think those two finding their form as is, it will trickle down. Um, I think Peaks look good. I think Harrington's look good. And, you know, I can never forget how good Scott Harrington played in the Tampa Bay series, uh, the sweep. That guy was great. Um, I mean, we were man down in defense uh, that entire series. Um, but, but yeah, the question really is, would you agree that the Blue Jackets are right there? Um, and man, I cannot believe that we got Patrick Lyonet and Jack Rosovic for Pierre-Luc Dubois. You will not find me looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois stats. I've noticed Josh Anderson's a little bit, but man, Patrick Lyonet to me looks like Alex Ovechkin. And uh, I just, I mean, he is a force. Every time he's got the puck, it's a threat. He's a threat to score. And, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm shocked we got that guy in Columbus. And I really think that with a couple deadline deals, um, or pre-deadline, obviously, that, uh, you know, the Blue Jackets, you know, we're right back in like the... Um, 2019 sweep here. I mean, we would be right back there. Um, and I, I'm fired up. I mean, even with the tough loss, and I know we haven't really been clicking, but I think we're there. And, um, man, I can't believe Miku Koivu retired. He's the type of guy that uh, that I think we got to get. Um, was there anything behind the scenes that you heard? Um, I, I thought Koivu looked good. Um, I was noticing him in positive ways uh, so far this season, and I can't say that about uh, everyone. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing if there was, it may be under wraps. But um, but yeah, if you'd be up for expanding on any of those, that would be great. And um, Ben, how about that Patrick Line one-timer? He has just got a sick shot, and I hope we're watching that here for a decade. Um, Go Jackets. Thanks, Bobby Mack. I think Bakes likes Patrick Line a lot. I, I get that impression. I really do. Um, Bakes, listen, I, I, I love you being a part of the show, but I do have to say you're kind of destroying your own narrative there. You know, you, you start talking about, first of all, let me start there. Do I think they have what it takes right now? No, I don't. No. And, and then you stated in your own ways why they're not clicking. Jones and Wierenski are struggling. Uh, Max Domi hasn't fit in the way that they were hoping that he would. Miko Koivu is retired. Uh, you traded Pierre-Luc Dubois. You went from having a set four good, solid centers down the middle to having one, Riley Nash. I mean, essentially, that's where you're at right now. Trading Dubois. Koivu retires. Domi's playing on the wing. There go the other three. So, um, so no, I don't think they, that they have it right now. And when you talk about deadline deals, again, you're kind of doing yourself in. You're saying getting an Ian Cole type of a trade. Well, they don't need that. 
they have an Ian Cole type player in Vladislav Gabrikov. As a matter of fact, I give Yarmo a lot of credit for that because when Ian Cole signed with the Colorado Avalanche, there wasn't that much difference in cash between what the Blue Jackets were offering and what the Avalanche were offering. And I felt at the time like that was the way to go. And I was wrong. You have Gabrikov, who is a very similar player. Well, when he's playing his best, he's not playing his best right now either. But he's a very similar player for less money, younger and less money. I mean, that's what it's all about in this league, right? So you don't need an Ian Cole type player. You have that. You have two of them. You have uh, Savard and Gabrikov. And then you're talking about how much you love Scott Harrington and how well you like to watch him play and what good things he can add to this team. In the meantime, Scott Harrington, with the um, return of Zach Wierenski to the lineup, uh, Scott Harrington is out of the lineup right now. So you still have another guy that you feel is a good player, and he uh, he's not even in the lineup. So, you know, you're kind of uh, – you're kind of taken away from your own argument. You're saying, well, you got to go out and get defensemen, but hey, you got this defenseman. He's not even playing. You like how Andrew Peak is playing, and I do too. And then you still have Dean Kukin, who struggled for a couple of games, but could get back in that lineup. So I don't think you need that. And then forward to say Sam Gagne type, Sam Gagne was a reclamation project that year. And he did a lot of great things because he was in a lesser role. He was on the fourth line and a power play, and he did great things, at least for half or three-quarters of a season. He's never done that again anywhere he's gone. And I know you're not saying to get Sam Gagne specifically, but you need more than a Sam Gagne kind of guy on this team right now. You need to, once again, try to solidify the middle. You know, you're using Jenner there again. Texier was there, now he's not there. Um. You know, Felino was taking that face off in overtime. I mean, you know, Stenlin is there. He's doing all right. Is he going to be able to go through that in the long haul? I don't know. So for those reasons, I don't think that it's right now. I'm glad you're optimistic, Bakes. I really am. I'm, I'm really glad that you're optimistic. And I would like to get a little bit of that optimism. But right now I'm looking at it and saying, hey, there's, there's a lot of holes and there's a lot of question marks. Now, can that all be cleared up with one good stretch? Absolutely. Yes, it can. But we're waiting for that good stretch and hoping that it comes. And the schedule makes it tough. The schedule makes it tough. When you're playing back-to-back games against teams, it is, uh, it's not easy. Not easy to get those um, two wins back-to-back. It's just not. All right, where are we going to go now? Um, gone all over the state here a little bit. No, we went to Kentucky. Let's go close to Kentucky uh, on this next one. And let's go to uh, the Queen City down in uh, Cincinnati. Hold on, hold on here. Hold on. Started before I was ready. Let's go down to uh, Cincinnati and find out what's going on there. Hey, Bobby. Leo from Cincinnati here. Uh, Just a couple notes, not really in the form of a question. Just wanted to share. Maybe get your take if you have any, but also just share with you as well as any fans listening. Uh, first off, John Tortorella, a lot of people talking, he might not come back next year. I think that's a pretty good uh, possibility that winds up happening. I think the club and Torts may realize, okay, uh, we've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish, not in terms of a cup, but by bringing respect to the franchise. If you recall, when he came in about five years ago, for the better part of two years, he talked about bringing respect to the Blue Jackets franchise. He's certainly done that. Uh, they're one of only three teams to make the playoffs each of the last four seasons. Obviously, COVID kind of threw a wrench into that as there were some teams that 
would have qualified, but then didn't because of the qualification round, all that good stuff. Um, but impressive. Nonetheless, COVID's thrown a wrench into everything. So why not the NHL playoffs? Um, and then I will also note that in those four years, three of the four, they've lost to the eventual cup champ and the other situation with Boston, they wound up losing in game seven of the cup final. So losing some pretty good teams with that said, I'm never someone to take consolation in. Oh, we lost the, the champs. You know, that's not something I'll take consolation in. A loss is a loss. Um, but anyway, moving on to another point, uh, the Jackets have only drafted five North Americans in the last four drafts. That's wild. I'd really be curious to see. I'm sure that's the lowest in the league. I'd be curious to see by how much. I'd assume it's a country mile. Uh, just goes to show you guys like Belay Siren and his entire scouting staff are doing a really great job um, finding those European talents. Diamonds in the rough a lot of times are going to wind up being over there for the reason that, you know, they're not as heavily scouted. So Kirill Marchenko, Dmitry Voronkov, you know, even look at a guy like Alex Texier. Um, as well as, you know, the late round picks, Gavrikov and Dudovara were seventh round picks the same year. Um, and there's a number of instances of that. Um, I mean, Merzlikens, Corpus Salo, the list goes on and on and on. Just fun to look at their draft history sometimes. Uh, next kind of little uh, draft related, Daniel Zarr, uh, former Blue Jackets draft pick. He may have just been a straight up signing. I'm unsure. Um, but anyway, he's lighting it up in Sweden right now. Um, I think he's top five in goals and points. I don't think it's exactly a Mosiakin situation, but impressive nonetheless. I'm pretty sure he's happy over there as a personal rather than professional decision. So I don't think we'll see him come over. But just an interesting uh, note about a former member of the Jackets organization. Uh, moving on here, Koivu's retirement. Congrats to him on a great career in retirement. Um, but with that said, I think we'll really miss the leadership he could have brought to us, as well as the defensive play and the biggest thing is face-offs. But going back to that leadership thing, I think bringing in Line A, he really could have done a lot for him as Koivu seen as the ultimate pro, great leader, and being a fellow Finn. Uh, maybe we as fans put too much stock into that nationality thing, but I think for a guy like Line A, that may have been great. Um, I think he'll wind up being that solid pro anyways. I mean, look at a guy like Ovi, the same conversations were being had. I think he's pr turned out pretty okay. So I'm not too worried about it, but just think Koivu maybe could have helped him even further. Um, and then I'll also note, and I wanted to be clear, I am not comparing the two as players. Uh, I'm not comparing Kevin Stenlin to Peter Forsberg as a player. I do love Kevin Stenlin. I think he's an elite number three center. You can kind of look at a number three center as elite. Um, but I think he's also playing really well as a number two, and we might see him spend some more time there this year. Um, I know Torts is a big fan of him, especially on the power play. But back to my original point, I just think the guy looks like Peter Forsberg. Uh, the beard, just kind of the facial uh, construction, the hair. Um, all these different things play in effect. I just think the guy physically looks like uh, Peter Forsberg, obviously extremely subjective. Be curious to get your take on that. And yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, like I said, not too much questions there, uh, but just kind of a couple notes I found interesting. Be curious to get your take. Uh, thanks so much, Bobby. We appreciate what you do. You provide that entertainment, more importantly, insight for us fans. Keep us updated. Uh, and we really appreciate you for that. So thanks so much. And we appreciate you, Bobby. All right. Well, uh, welcome back from the Leo show that you just listened to. No, I'm Leo. I'm kidding. That was a, That was a ton of thoughts right there. And um, I'm going to see if I can remember at least most of them. And that's no offense. My attention span is just, uh, you know, not what it used to be. But you bring up some really good points. Let's uh, let's start right at the beginning with John Tortorella. Um, you know, when you're saying that, you know, maybe he will. Uh, Maybe he will opt not to come back when it's all said and done. Uh, he's in the final year of his contract. And, and I think that's possible. And I think that, you know, first of all, what's going on right now with this COVID thing, he would never say it. And the players try not to say it. But what, what everybody's doing is very hard right now. It's not easy. 
It's it's not fun in many aspects. Okay, so um, you know, for I'm not going to speak for Torts because I haven't asked him specifically about any of this, but I could see where this would be one of those years if you're already thinking that you don't have much time left in this game as a coach. And and he's always said he's on the back nine. He's not on the front nine anymore. He's on the back nine. He said this for years. So if it were to happen, I would be saddened. I'm not going to lie to you, but I wouldn't be surprised. And then the way this game works, it is cyclical. Um, You know, a lot of people always say, well, it's time for a new voice, a new direction, this and that. And, and at some point it is going to be that time. Is it that time right now? Uh, you know, I probably wouldn't know because I would have blinders on about it because of my relationship with John Tortorella. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I like having the guy around. I think he brings a lot. I think he does a lot of good things. He does way more good things than is reported in the media. Uh, everybody knows that. And he's been here long enough that you know him very well by now. So, uh, look, I realize he's going to be gone someday. And is that day going to be soon? I don't know. But it's a really good point that you make, Leo, when you say that, you know, he talked about bringing respectability to the franchise, and he has done that. Like, when he is gone, that is going to be his legacy in Columbus. He took a franchise that was, I I think to say content with losing is a little bit too strong, but they dealt with it much better. I mean, it was kind of, it wasn't okay, but it was okay, right? I didn't think that their expectations were even close to what they needed to be. He has changed the culture. He has changed the culture. So whenever it's over for him, that is going to be his claim to fame here in Columbus, that he did change the culture. He did what I heard four other coaches say they were going to do, and nobody could do it until he did it. So kudos to him, but you know, right now he's here and he's coaching this team and, uh, you know, he's trying to get the most out of what he has. And I think he's, uh, I think he's doing about as well as he can under the circumstances right now. He's got to get more. He knows that, but they've got to give him a little bit more. You bring up Miko Koivu. Uh, and I forgot one thing on the previous question, which was, were there any behind the scenes thing with Koivu? Absolutely not. He's away from his family. He's 37 years old. He thought he could still play at a high enough level. And he realized that he couldn't play at a high enough level anymore. And he was having to push himself to get ready for games and come to the, to the rink. It just, he had kind of lost the luster. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. It's right out there. I do agree that I think that him working with Patrick line a for the remainder of this season would have been very beneficial for line a and his growth as an NHL player. We forget this guy's still young, really young. So I think that would have been good for him, but, you know, it uh, just wasn't meant to be uh, the draft and all the Europeans, you know, you talk about diamonds in the rough. Uh, you and I differ a little bit there and not that they're not diamonds in the rough. I don't mean that, but I, I hate when you have these first round picks and you're going to have to wait two, three, four years before they even come over to North America and play. Now, when they get here, when Kirill Marchenko gets here and if he's really, really good because he stayed there and he played, that's great. When Chinnikov or Chinnikov or however the heck you say it, when he comes over here, if he has benefited from it, then that's great. Veronov, if he comes over here and, and he's great, okay, then then you can turn around and stick it to me and say, well, what were you talking about? Well, you have to have these guys in North America right away. But I like having them here right away. I like having them uh, playing junior hockey. I like having them playing in the American Hockey League. Um, 
that's just that that's just me. Maybe I'm just a, an old curmudgeon when it comes to that. But you know, I like the old draft guy in the first round, and he comes in, and you know, after a couple of years in your system where you have control over him for the most part, and not always if he's in junior, you don't, but if he's in the American league, you do, you have control over his development and then you put him in and then he plays. So uh, yeah, they've gone very heavy European drafting. I don't, I, I don't see that as much of a surprise. And, and Yarmo is, they've gotten some guys from over there. Speaking of that, speaking of that, they just, got a guy the other day this i thought this was a very interesting trade quite frankly um the trade that they got the other day or the trade that they made the other day and i i don't know i don't know much about this guy at all uh they traded with the carolina hurricanes to get the rights to gregory hoffman who's a left winger um they gave up a seventh round pick in 2022 for him so that's next year. Uh, Hoppen is playing in Switzerland, and he'll stay there for the remainder of the season. This guy's 28 years old. He's got 163 goals, 156 assists for 319 points in 481 career games. So here's an older guy who has just continually scored in that league. So maybe that'll be one of those diamond in the rough things that we didn't really see or get and, and we'll figure it out when he gets here. And finally, Leo, the final point, um, Peter Forsberg and Kevin Stenland, do they look alike? Do they, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit. I think you're seeing it more than I am, but uh, I don't spend a lot of time getting into that stuff. Is he, is he a true doppelganger? I don't know. I, I guess it's I guess it's similar enough. So um, so I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll give you that at the very end. But Leo, thank you for your question today. I do appreciate it. What else do I have? I want to make sure that I get all of my uh, I want to get all of my voice questions in here and make sure that taking care of everybody. You guys have been kind enough to send those. Oh no no no! I have this one. Oh I couldn't. Thank goodness. I've got a voice question and I've got a, uh, I've got a video question for you too, but I'm glad I didn't forget Greg up in Cleveland here. So uh, let's get to him and see what he has to say. See what kind of a question Greg has for us today as I'm uh, uh, I'll tell you what I have had internet concerns on and off. In fact, I had internet concerns to the point where I just thought about just doing this uh, show a little bit later in the day, but I opted not to do that because I wanted to make sure that you got it as quickly as I could get it to you. So uh, just battling through it here. Bear with me for a second. All right, here we go. Hi, Bob. It's Greg in Cleveland. Uh, question for you regarding the Columbus Blue Jackets Triple A team. Um, I got to be honest, I follow a lot of hockey, but I was not familiar with that team before um, until Jack Roslovic got traded here because then there was obviously a lot of mention of it then. Um, when I think of AAA, an equivalent, I'm thinking of the Monsters, uh, you know, just kind of like comparing that to baseball. Uh, but with this, my confusion was further compounded in the recent podcast with Jean-Luc Grandpierre when he was saying some guys opt to play 
for their high school team and not for AAA. So obviously this is a much younger age group, but could you go into a little bit of depth on explaining how that team is structured, where that all fits in? Yes, Greg, I can do that. And I'll do it just for you, as a matter of fact. Uh, from the time that you start playing uh, hockey as, as a young kid, uh, as, as you start coming up, and I don't know exactly what age it starts at, there's there's different levels of it. There's there's house hockey, which is just you know you play within the uh, the arena that you're in. That's where the the house term comes from, where they you know bunch of kids go and they sign up. They want to play in the league, and then they you know take all those kids and they divide them into X amount of teams and they play against each other. That's a house league. And then the next step would be a select league, which is where they take uh, basically an all-star team out of the house teams and they take the all-stars, they put them on a team and then they will travel to other places and play against other select teams. And then you get into travel hockey. Uh, many people do. We went through it as a family. And once you get into travel hockey, there are different classifications. There's single A, double A and triple A. And again, this is from when you're, um, when you're, when you're much younger. So it's just the, the classification that you play. And AAA obviously is the highest. Uh, AAA is uh, where they go to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament to play with, um, you know, some of the best teams in the world. They go and they play there. So uh, every year you got to try out for AAA and you got to, you have to work to stay on that AAA roster. Um, my son tried out for AAA. Oh, I can't even tell you how many times. And uh, as a goalie, it's tough. You know, there's only two guys. And, uh, you know, I, I remember a couple of different nights where there was some, uh, there was some anguish and, you know, he was really upset that he thought this was the year he was going to make it and he didn't, but he played double A and he, and he had a great amateur career, uh, prior to high school, but that's the difference. Once you get into uh, high school, once you get to the high school age, uh, the single A and the double A, at least here in Columbus, that, that drops off. So your choices are you're either going to play triple A or you're going to play high school hockey. And, you know, the difference is when you're playing triple A, like Jack Roslovic, he played the triple A and then he was good enough. He went to the U.S. development program and, and then he went to college and then he got drafted and he played in the National Hockey League. Or, you know, in, in around, some of that might be screwed up there. But, I mean, that was the process. Uh, he never played high school hockey never played for his school. Uh, he stayed in that AAA program. So, you know, some kids, they do that and they play AAA and, and you're going around and you're playing the best of the best. You know, you're going to Chicago, you're going to uh, St. Louis, you're going to Boston, you're going to um, Indianapolis, you're going to Cleveland, you're going to, uh, well, I'm sure I forgot something. Anyway, you could be going all over the place, right? Some kids now, you know, they get to a point where, uh, some of them decide, look, I'm not going to be good enough to play in the National Hockey League, and uh, I'm probably not going to play pro. And, you know, if I played in college, that would be nice. But the fact of the matter is I want to play with my buddies. Um, I, I don't need to be traveling around here. And and really, the AAA, there's there's no fans. I mean, it's you're going to these different buildings, and it's the parents. They are the fans. Whereas when you're playing high school hockey, you know, the kids from your school come out. I just did, um, you know, the championship game for the Blue Jackets Cup down at the ice house on Sunday afternoon. And it was upper Arlington against St. Charles. Ironically, uh, both of them use that rink as their home rink. They have their own dressing rooms in that rink. And 
the the attendance was down because it had to be down because of COVID. There was only X amount of people allowed in there, but they were all there. Whatever that number was, they maxed it out and it was loud and it was fun. And, uh, and it was a good time. So some kids are, you know, they're deciding to go and do that as opposed to play AAA. And that's really kind of what it amounts to is in my opinion, you get to a point you say, look, am I going to be good enough to play pro hockey at any level? And if I'm not, do I want to play with my friends? Do I want to be in school or do I want to be traveling all over the place? And it's really just an individual um, decision. It's family decision. It's what it is. But Greg, that so that's what it is, Greg. It's uh, single A, double A, triple A. But once you get to the high school age, you're either playing uh, U16, triple A, and then U18, triple A, or you're playing playing for your high school or in some cases, um, for high schools that don't have a varsity hockey team, you can uh, get onto a club team. So hope that clears it up for you. But yes, it is a much younger age. It's not AAA like AAA baseball. That would be the Cleveland Monsters, the AHL affiliate of the Blue Jackets. That's more like the AAA when you compare it to baseball. So I hope that clears it up for you. All right, next one. Where is my video question that I have? I know it's right here. And... Uh, it's a good one with Chris and a special guest. Hey, Bob. It's Chris from Washington Courthouse. So I'm here with my dog, Stinger, and we both want to know what you think is the most annoying goal song in all of the NHL. We both think it's the Rangers' whoa thing, but uh, we were wanting to know what your opinion was. Anyway, thanks, and uh, go Jackets. High five. Yeah. First of all, Chris, I'm I'm impressed that Stinger thinks about what song is most annoying to him. I, I'm really impressed by that, being that he's a dog. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, for those of you that are just listening to the audio version of this, Chris was with his dog named Stinger, who gave him a high five at the end there. So that's what that was all about. You know what? Here's what I thought. I thought none of them really bothered me that much to worry about it. And... Then when I was at the high school game, I heard Chelsea Dagger, which is the Blackhawks goal song, which I just heard over the weekend. And and that and it bothered me when I heard it. And I was like, you know what? I think it bothered me because I'm so sick and tired of hearing that song. In the 12 years I've been here, I've heard that song so many times. Yeah, I think it does bug me. Now, you might say to me, well, if, if that bugs you, then why doesn't uh, the Tim McGraw song in Nashville bug you? Because I like that song. I don't like that they reworded it for the Preds, but I, I like the song. So I, I can't hate that one. And, and the Rangers, I, you know, that song that you said about Chris, I don't know. Maybe I haven't heard that one enough to be bothered by it yet. Uh, oh, I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one that bugs me. Is that uh, Dirty Water song in Boston? Because they play that when they win. So that's not a goal song, but that's a win song. And I don't, not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of that one at all. All right. So now we've gotten through the audio questions. We've gotten through the video question. And by the way, you can send those to me anytime you want to. Email them to me. Record them on your phone. Email them to me. Bobby Mac, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. Very easy to do. You've seen it. You've heard it right here, how easy it is to do. So now let's get to some tweets. Uh, on Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports is where you can find me. I'm just going to roll right through and uh, go on here with uh, who am I going to start with? Uh, Derek Erman 
Derek says, out of the box question. What's the plan for Gabriel Carlson? He's clearly the number nine D man, but he remains on the roster and not likely to play. Yarmo doesn't want to expose him to waivers, but that seems like a legitimate reason for Carlson to say, send me to Cleveland or trade me, or as they say in Slapshot, trade me right now or something like that. There was another word in there, but I won't say it. Um, so Derek sends that tweet. Actually, Jason jumped in and responded and gave the correct answer. He was put on waivers yesterday. So he will be on waivers until noon today. If he clears, then they can send him to Cleveland. Sometimes you don't put those guys on coming out of camp or early in the season because if you have teams that have somebody banged up or they're in need of a defenseman, you know, Gabriel is a former first-round pick, so somebody might take him, and they didn't want that to happen. You have a better chance of sliding them through waivers a little bit later on, and that's what they are doing right now. Uh, next question from Drew Pitzer. What's your take on Seth and Zach? It seems like neither one is comfortable or happy. Their defense has been mediocre at best. I know they have done some offensively, but they seem bored. I don't think they seem bored, Drew. I think they seem frustrated. Uh, they are used to having much more success than they're having right now. I think it's uh, I think it's it's grinding on them a little bit, and I think then they start trying too hard. When you start to try too hard at anything in life, you usually screw it up, right? And I think that's where those guys are right now. I think they are, I think they're so eager to be playing at such a high level and they're struggling with it. Excuse me. They're struggling with it. And I, I think it's uh, the frustration is bleeding into their game in a way we normally don't see it. That's what I think. Uh, I certainly would not say that they're unhappy. I, I absolutely wouldn't say that they're bored. They're just struggling right now. And they're both so doggone good. We're not used to seeing them struggle, but we're seeing it up close and personal right now. Uh, Greg Crum now. Greg says, with all the new faces, I haven't heard if or when Nyquist is coming back or did he get traded and I missed it? No, 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 no. Remember that surgery he had was like a five month surgery, right? He was going to be out for a long, long time. So there's no new news on Gus Nyquist, but he did not get traded. At some point he'll be back. But you know what? You did make me think, to be honest with you, um, Greg, you did make me think about him. I haven't thought about him because he, you know, he, I haven't seen him since playoffs. And that's a guy that the Blue Jackets could really use right now, right? Am I right? Of course I'm right. How many times have I said that today? Uh, yeah, they could really use a guy with his kind of skill, but they just don't have it available right now. Uh, Linda says, Hey, can you explain what it's like for players on the taxi squad? Do they practice with the team or do they stay or how do they stay ready to play? Are they paid their regular salary? How do they occupy their days? Must be pretty boring. So again, somebody jumps right in and answers this question before it even gets on the show. And I don't know if I should be thankful or annoyed. I still don't know if I should be thankful or annoyed, but, uh, Peter Sackick, Twitter, you can be anybody, I guess. And, and, and maybe it really is. It's not Joe Sackick, it's Peter Sackick. Anyway, uh, Peter jumped in and said, practice with the teams and do all the activities the team does. If you're on a one-way contract, you get your NHL salary. Two-way contract, you get your AHL salary. That's the answer, Linda. It's right there. It's black and white and a couple of, uh, you know, blue official uh, handles, Twitter handles. So, that is the answer. Yeah, they're here. They practice. They travel. 
Uh, they're doing everything except playing in games. And they're making their money, as it was said. Now, you know, some have to go through waivers to go back and forth. The young guys don't. The guys on their entry-level contract uh, do not. Next question. Oh, this one comes from, I hope I say this right. And, I, and if I don't, I want you to tell me. Uh, Salia? I hope that's correct. The tweet says this. Hi, Bob. Greetings from Finland. By the way, I understand I'm huge in Finland now. Okay, not me, but the Blue Jackets are. And we're getting a lot of response from Finland, not just because of the general manager. I mean, he, he's not the pop star in Finland I thought he was, but this line A guy, he's pretty good. Anyway, do you think Yarmo will address the need for a number one center before trade deadline or wait until the offseason? That would depend upon what he thinks that he can do. I mean, that is a, uh, you know, let's just be honest. I was talking about it earlier. It is, once again, an area of need. But it's hard to get in the trade deadline. Uh, that might be a goalie for a center trade during the offseason. I think that's much more likely than getting something done right now. But he, he'll do something. I mean, he's he's going to try to fix it. That's one thing about Yarmo. When something gets broken, he he goes all in to fix it, for sure. Uh, Wes Minky says, in your, in your eyes, how do you view the line A fight? Does he already want to stick up for the guys he just met? Does he maybe really like it here, or is this just an overkill on effort after he got benched after the little incident? Wes, Wes, I want you to look at me. Look at me. I want you to listen. I'm going to get serious. Okay. Let's stop overreacting. You're, you're reading way too much into this. Okay. Take a breath. I know what happened with line a and the benching and all that stuff early. It's, it's okay. It's all good. Everything's going to be fine. You know why he fought that guy? He said it in the post-game press conference. He needed to get going. And the guy gave him an excuse. he had hit his teammate. He hit Roslevic and and it, was a, it wasn't an outright cheap shot, but it was, you know, deserved attention. And Patrick Line, to his credit, he knew it. And he did something about it. You don't see your stars fight in this league very often anymore. But he did. And he was happy about it. But he said, I, I just felt like I needed to get going. Well, that'll get you going. You know, you get punched in the face. You wake up. Or, or you go to sleep. <laughs> but anyway, he woke up. And... Um, and it was, you know, it, I don't know. It's kind of overblown to me. I, I think it was, I think it was good for him. I, I think it's good for him to show his teammates something, but I don't think that's why he did it. I don't think he did it because he got benched. I think he did it because his teammate, and again, I, I think it was Roslovic. So it's a guy he's been with, not just for, you know, a week. Guy gets hit right in front of him. He sees it and he does something about it. That's just hockey. That's not there. I, I don't believe that there was much thinking that went into what he did at all. Not at all. Uh, next one sports C bus. Does this team look soft to play against, especially compared to the last few seasons while the new guys like Domi line, a Roslovic are showing feistiness. It seems to be missing from the rest of the team. Also, they get pushed off the puck too easily. What do you think? Yeah, I would say that um, I would say you have a legitimate point right there. I, I would say you have a beef with that. 
yeah, I could, I could get behind that. They're not playing the way that they need to on a daily basis. And yeah, those new guys are trying to figure it out. And, you know, Domi, his feistiness is, you know, he's gotten in there a little bit here and there. Uh, and, and you don't have to fight all the time, but you, you've got to be harder on the puck. I care less about if you're going to fight than I do about, are you going to forecheck hard? Are you going to put the body on the guy in the forecheck? Are you going to get guys against the boards? Are you going to make it tough for them to get off the boards with a puck on their stick? That kind of thing. And, and I think that's what you're talking about. I don't think they have done that nearly as well as they've done in the past. I, I don't think there have been, you know, I, I think you can count maybe on one hand, the number of games that they've played where the other team would come out and say, man, they played hard. They played hard. They're hard to play against. I, I don't think, I agree with you. I don't think they've done that enough to this point. And again, some of the, the new blood trying to get used to what's going on here it, through everything. I think that's part of it. You know what? When you talk about that new blood and I, who asked this question a long, long time ago, um, we're, we were talking about the, um, oh, the trade for, uh, oh, it was Bakes. Yeah. When he was talking about needing a, a Ian Cole type defenseman. What about Michael Delzato? That's a veteran defenseman they went out and they got. And I think that's been a great addition to this team. I was just thinking about him because I was thinking about new guys coming in. And, and that was something I wanted to address earlier. And it slipped my mind at the time. Ah, go figure. Here's one for you. You know, so I, I, I prompt for these questions and uh, the Blue Jackets main account retweets it. And I start looking at the, some of the replies. You know, I, I, I get a, a lot of you are, are regulars here and I appreciate that. And I like that. I love getting new people involved. And, and, then, and then I have this. And this I don't know what to do with. I, I don't even know if I should give them the satisfaction of, you know, mentioning it. But I, I will because I'm a nice guy. I'm, and I might need something from him at some point. <laughs> but here's a tweet from Marty Mulford. And truth be told, Marty is uh, in charge of our ticket sales. So he's a bored guy right now, you know, until this all gets straightened out as to, you know, who can come and how many can come and everything they're sorting through there with uh, all the, with all the, um, health officials, local and state health officials. And I'm going to let those people do that. I don't look, I ain't, I, I just, that's a lot of red tape and stuff to figure out. So I'm going to let them do that. But listen, so Marty's not selling as many tickets as he normally would be in February of a regular hockey season. So instead he's tweeting me in his question of all the questions he could have asked million questions, 2 million questions. Here's his question. Is the snow ever going to go away? Marty, just because you've lived in Florida, just because you've lived in Nashville, you know, it's, it's wintertime. There should be snow here. Sometimes, sometimes I'm fine with there not being any here. And other times, you know, when I can see the grass in January, I'm like, it's wintertime. It would be kind of nice to see snow. Now, we'll see if I'm still saying that in like 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, I'll, I'll be saying it. Probably be a couple more choice words in there. But listen, I lived in Syracuse for a decade, okay? Like snow is not that big a deal to me. Um, I wish they did the roads here like they do them in Syracuse. That would be, I would feel a lot safer if that were the case. That's, that's the only drawback for me is like, 
little bit of snow and holy cow, forget about it. But anyway, um, so no, Marty, it's not going to leave. It's not going to leave until springtime and it's not springtime. So um, in the famous words of whoever, deal with it, deal with it. But again, I might need some tickets at some point. So, you know, we're still cool, you and I. <laughs> All right, I got one more thing here. Uh, Jeremy sent me an email. Um, Jeremy says, long time listener, first time asker. I like that because, you know, on a talk show, it's long time listener, first time caller. So Jeremy is uh, creative right off the bat here. And he says, forgive me if this has been asked before, but I'm curious as to your color commentator situation. In short, why don't you have a regular color guy? You do a phenomenal job solo, but it's nice in the playoffs when Jody joins you in the booth. Does it get exhausting doing almost all the talking yourself? Also, how do you come up with your trademark goal phrases? I love slicker than putting a Cadillac in a dog into a doghouse the other night. Obviously, the player-specific ones are more self-explanatory. Do you have a repertoire of them, or do they just kind of come out on the spot in the heat of the moment? Thanks for taking my questions and for your outstanding work on the call each night and all the extra content you and your team put out. Jeremy in Fairview Park. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate that. That, that last part means the most to, to me and the people that are putting together the video portion of this and the people that are tweeting it and all of that stuff. So thank you for recognizing all the people. You know, I'm the guy that gets to be in front of the camera, much to your dismay sometimes, but I'm the guy that gets to be in front. There are a lot of people that are also doing other things. So thanks for saying that. Um, all right, let me get to this. Uh, do I get exhausted doing all the talking by myself? Have you just watched me for 40 minutes? No, I don't. I'm used to it. Uh, I like having a color analyst. There's, there's no question. I like working with Jody. We have good chemistry. I'm sure you know that on everything we do. We've been friends for 20 years. It comes across. I like doing stuff with Jean-Luc Grandpierre. Again, I've known him for a long time. You know who I talked to yesterday at the uh, high school game that I did? Derek Dorsett, former uh, Blue Jackets forward, who then went on to the Rangers and the Vancouver Canucks and unfortunately got uh, injured and that's how his career came to an end with an injury with uh, Vancouver but Derek's back in uh, Columbus he's an assistant coach at Upper Arlington High School and you know I was with Derek all the way back in Syracuse in the American Hockey League and we talked yesterday and it was so fun to see him and you know I ran into him outside the building so you know we were we, we were socially distanced and outside and the whole nine yards it was great but um, yeah we had a long talk and we talked about old times and you know, and I, and I always, when I see guys like that, whether it's Derek Dorsett or Mark Latestu or, you know, guys that were fun to, to have around and I had a relationship with, you know, I always nudge them a little bit and say, hey, they usually, they all want to get into hockey ops if they can, okay? I mean, they, they just love being part of the team, ex-players. They love that part. Um, you know, I, I've tried to tell them there's much more job security in being a broadcaster because if you're working for a GM, in player development and he gets fired, then you're at the mercy of the next GM. Whereas, you know, normally if you're broadcasting, you just roll from one GM to the other GM. So I try that as a selling point, but no, it just really, to be honest with you, I don't mind working by myself. Um, the, the right fit hasn't come along. I mean, you know, Jody and John Luke were both destined to, to go to television and do that. And that's, that's fine. That's, I get it. 
I mean, that's my part of my job is to, you know, help them get better and get started and get better and then, and then move on. And I'm cool with that. So um, when, when there's a fit, when there's a fit that uh, works for all parties, I, I think that could happen someday, but right now uh, I do it like this and I'm so used to doing it like this. I've done it like this for oh, how long have I been doing this? 24 years. And, you know, when I came here, I was a color analyst with George Matthews for the first six. So, um, you know, other than that, I'm used to working by myself. So it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Jeremy, as far as the phrases, I, I get them from anywhere. I could hear a line in a song, in a movie, on a TV show. I could hear somebody say something on the street. I could hear my wife say something that I find interesting and uh, think will make the list. My kids. Um, you know, my, my oldest son always tries to come up with stuff to get on the list. And I usually shoot him down partly because it's fun. You know, I have started listening to people more here recently and, and look for ideas, which I probably should have done a long time ago, but, uh, you know, I thought I had it all figured out. And then like somebody sent me, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm not going to reveal what it is, but somebody sent me a Michael Delzato call suggestion the other day. And I loved it. And I can't wait for him to score again because I'm going to use it. Okay. So I'm open to that. And, you know, the, the player ones are, you know, they're easy and you try to identify and have people expect that. And, and the other stuff is just off the wall crazy. And I was, you know, I was in the ice house and somebody yelled to me, flapjacks on a Ferris wheel. You know, that, that's cool to me. I, I like that. It's, I like when people say, what's that mean? And I say, nothing. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> means nothing, but you remembered it, right? So um, I hope that answers all of your questions. And thanks for taking the time to send me the email. Uh, great to have you as part of the show today. Really appreciate that. And that goes for all of you that were a part of the show today. And that goes for all of you that are listening to the show today. So uh, that's going to wrap up the show today. It's a game night, by the way. Did you know that? I know you did. I'm, I'm kind of telling myself. I, I got to tell you, it is so weird this year that there are times where I forget it's a game day because we don't have to go in and do the same things that we've done for years. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the zoom interviews, you're not going in to get to do the interview in person. They're all on zoom. So you're at home and you're waiting for the zoom call to start and just weird. It's weird. And some days it really doesn't feel like a game day, but today is a game day. 7 o'clock tonight, the Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a one-off. This is not a two-game series. They're going to play in Carolina tonight. They're going to come home unless they get snowed out and have to stay another night. But they're going to play in Carolina, come home, and uh, get ready for Nashville on Thursday. So little quirk in the schedule early on. Carolina is the only place they're going to uh, an extra time this year. It's the only team where they have road games that are split like this. So tonight at 7 o'clock, is when the puck will drop. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30, both on Fox Sports Ohio. And, of course, with me and Dylan Tire. He's going to kick off the pre-game coverage at 6.30 on the Blue Jackets radio network tonight. And then we'll find out at 7 o'clock if the Blue Jackets can take care of the Hurricanes. Of course, they split with them here at Nationwide Arena last week. We'll see if they can take the lead in the season series by getting a win tonight. Thank you for all of your questions. They really are much appreciated. I might pick on you and say you're trying to take over the show, and some of you absolutely are. Maybe this show is so boring that you feel like you have to take it over. No, that is tongue-in-cheek. 
as totally tongue in cheek. I know better than that, but Hey, thanks. Great to have you involved. Great to have you part of it. Great to have you passionate about it and great to have you excited about tonight's game with the blue jackets in Carolina to take on the hurricanes that'll rub. I was so see like a player that just bobbled the puck at the blue line. I, I was so ready to get to wrapping this up and I had it in my head and I was ready to go with it. And I blew it. I tripped over my own tongue. Doggone it. That was the first time it had ever happened to me. I'd be shocked, but it's happened so many times. I'm not. Here's what I meant to say. That'll do it for this edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Blue Jackets and Hurricanes tonight at 7 o'clock. Until then, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.